You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we are back at Six Rings and Football Things, the Cadillac's Crucial Clashes edition that we bring you each week. He is Mike Cadillac, WEEI.com, beat writer for the Patriots. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're uh, we're getting in a groove here. We're, uh, we got a win under our belt. A win. Nice. Um, good to have a win. Yeah. They, uh, when you're heading into a losable game. Good to exactly. Have a win yeah. To, yes, to feel one like th- you can win uh, is good. So One and three. Pa- uh, excuse me. One and two Patriots. Oops. Did I predict something? One and two Patriots heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys who were upset a week ago by the Arizona Cardinals, a team that some people believe is tanking, looking maybe to get the number one pick and not so fast. Beat the Cowboys, beat them up, kind of embarrassed them, uh, I think, a little bit. And I want to start there before we get into your clashes. A couple sort of big picture questions I want to ask you, and then we'll get into the matchups as we do each and every week here on Six Rings and Football Things. Brought to you by FanDuel. Um, Make every moment more. So, more. More Dallas Cowboys. Are they going to be more motivated? to kick the Patriots' ass this week coming off the upset? Or is this more of a tough spot for the Patriots because of that? I'm just interested in sort of the 30,000-foot view of this matchup this game. Yeah, I think um, if you look at this game without, like, um, I don't want to say without context, but without, like, momentum and, like, where things are at for both teams, I think it would be a winnable game for the Patriots um, just as far as, like, the type of football they want to play, who they have on their sideline, who mm-hmm. the Cowboys don't have, um, especially with Trey Owen Dings, and we'll get into all that when we talk matchups. But uh, yeah, with the, the way that they're that Dallas is coming off like a clearly winnable game, and they played down to their opponent, I don't think they're going to play down to their opponent for a second week in a row. So the Patriots are going to have to play their best football this week. And so I think a team like Dallas, weeks one and two, played the Giants, played the Jets and smoked both teams, and then they played the Patriots, they might have played down to them. But now I think that that's sort of out of their uh, – they sort of got that one out of them with the loss to the Cardinals. So I think they're going to be firing on all cylinders. So uh, you need to – again, you you really need to play your best football against this Cowboys team this weekend. Yeah, I've been using the, the term professional pride. If you're the yeah. Dallas Cowboys and you have professional pride, okay, it happens to everybody. You were reading your press clippings. You had been rolling. You thought you were better right. than that team. And this team's happened. tanking. We're going right. to smoke them. We don't have to prepare. Like, yeah, right. But if you 
lay an egg again and come out unprepared or lacking energy and some of those things and lose to the Patriots at home. Now right. suddenly you're a mediocre football team. Forget Super Bowl contender. You're just a mediocre football team that's stumbling and bumbling. And now people will say, well, who have you beaten when you played crappy teams like the Jets and Giants? Yeah, you right. got victories, but teams with a pulse that came in that competed, now you're losing. So I think it's an interesting spot. And then an interesting spot to get hit with is the nuts. And that happened to Sauce Gardner, allegedly. And yeah. I feel like I said this to Kevin Stone from New England Football Journal. I feel like this week you at least have to ask everybody who's talking Patriots their opinion on Mac Jones, dirty player, cup check, any of those right. things. And I know feels like the tide has turned toward everybody just kind of accepting whether you want to label him dirty, dinky, weird, whatever. Um, Mac, there's too many of these, as as Devin McCourty said. There's too many of these to point to. So your thoughts on Mac Jones and his dirty play and cup checks? Yeah. Um, I Again, I think dirty is a little strong. Um, but I, I agree with Devin and the fact that, I mean, it's happened way too many times. So you kind of just need to stay more even keel in a situation like that if you're him, especially as the quarterback and the leader of a football team. Uh, and Dan Orlovsky sort of made a good point of it um, on Jones and Mego yesterday where he was like, Max just ultra competitive and like always seems to want to have like that competitive edge. And so sometimes I feel like his, his body works faster than his brain in situations like that. And so whether he actually cup checked him, whether he just gave him a hit to the stomach, whether he was just trying to get him out of his way, I don't know. I've looked at the film a few times, and at this point, I'm like, I don't care. I'm sort of like Mac, where I'm on to Dallas at this point. But um, I think Dirty's strong, but I also think that he kind of needs to to cool it in situations like that. So um, the, the microscope's out there for him. So I think, you know, if he hasn't learned his lesson after last season, I think this one certainly will uh, make him think a little bit more when situations like this come about. Yeah, and and... I, I agree, but I'm also not sure he can think. I think sometimes, as you said, the thinking is behind the action. The action right. comes first, and then he kind of thinks about it and probably looks at it later and says, I wish yeah. I hadn't done that. I didn't hundred percent. that. Um, so I'm not sure it'll change. And that's why I almost wish he would just say, listen, I'm an ultra competitor. Sometimes the, I, I do things on the field that I look at later, and I'm like, yeah, I wish right. I had. Like this whole avoiding talking about it. And I know that's the Patriot way. That's the Belichick. way. That's what I was going to say. I feel like they're in his ear on it now. Like he, Absolutely. I feel like he would probably want to clear it up, but they're like, don't talk about it yeah. because I, all week when we've, we've mentioned it to anyone or him, they don't even say yes or no or anything. He stopped right. saying it. It's we're onto the Cowboys. It's like, yeah. the whole honest. And I don't love thing. that. I think they're actually doing him a disservice. I think I agree. He's a dink on the field. Because I agree, dirty is is a is a strong word, and I'm not sure I'm even willing to go there, even with right. the accumulation. But I think you're a dink on the field, and then you kind of seem like a dink off of it by not addressing it or just right. ignoring it. So whatever, it is what it is. He is who he is. Patriots fans, if he's a dink, he's your dink for now as your franchise quarterback. So we're moving on to Cadillac's crucial matchups. Let's get right to it. Number one, Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots, Sunday. 425 at AT&T or whatever the hell they call that big old nice place in Dallas now. Yep. Um, what's the first matchup? Uh, I am looking directly at somebody who has, in my opinion, been the Patriots' best player through three weeks, and that's rookie Christian Gonzalez. Uh, he really has been awesome. Yeah. We talked about him early, uh, and we talked about him throughout training camp, and we we thought he kind of had a, a – a downhill and it really wasn't it was just him being a yeah it was just him being a normal player 
Yep. And now he's sensational again. And um, I look at his matchup this weekend against CeeDee Lamb, and I think it's another tall task. Belichick talked about it this week. The wide receivers and the defensive fronts they're playing through the first month are very tough. Uh, you talk about the guys who Gonzalez has matched up against. A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. This week he goes shadow mode and basically shuts down Garrett Wilson for four quarters. Um, there's been some chatter and things of that nature about like the pro football focus scores and how well he really played against Garrett Wilson. And, oh, well, it was Zach Wilson. Like, yeah, I get that part of it, but I still don't think there has to be a caveat. I think Christian Gonzalez is a freaking baller and he has another matchup this weekend to continue to prove that he's a baller. I think <clears throat> if you had... If you didn't have Jalen Carter in Philly, just mucking things up on their defensive front, Christian Gonzalez would be the favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Um, he's come in seamlessly, and again, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm I'm talking uh, phenomenal, phenomenally about him, and but I think he deserves it. And so again, this weekend goes up against CD Lamb. CD Lamb had success against New England last time. Um, looking at some of Dallas's numbers. C.D. Lamb has actually played 75% of their snaps in the slot, which I found interesting. He's not playing as much on the outside. So I wonder how they'll do it with uh, Christian Gonzalez. But I think with Marcus Jones out, who's arguably their top slot corner, Jonathan Jones hurt. He's probably Jonathan Jones is probably their best slot corner, but he's also like their guy who takes away speed. So I think they want to match him up on Brandon Cooks. So I think... Uh, looking at it, you know, from sort of this 30,000 foot view and then, you know, dissecting how they'll play their matchups. I think they're going to try and uh, shadow CD lamb with Christian Gonzalez. And I'm very excited to see how he handles his fourth hardest task in a row. This is uh, unfair for me to say, and it's not a shot okay. at your matchups, but um, I'm to the point where I just kind of think, yeah, Gonzalez will do his job. Like, and it's weird. Hey, that's what, games right. in. Like he, he shouldn't be, Darrell Revis or Stefan Gilmore or Ty Law or any right. of those, but the reality is he's pretty much earned the the that that spot in my head where I just think of him as like, okay, he's fine over there. Like right. he'll do his thing. How are you gonna figure out the rest of this? The like you said, cooks and other matchups. Um, and he may have a hiccup coming. Maybe this is the right. hiccup. CD right. Lamb's a good player. I mean, hell, yeah. last time the Patriots faced the Cowboys, they gave up 450 yards passing. Like, maybe this is the hiccup. I don't think so, because I right. think his hiccups are going to be granular in nature, like a play here, a play there. Um, yep. I don't see a, ooh, he looks like a rookie corner. Ooh, they're picking on him. Ooh, he's getting slapped around by CD. I just don't see are, You already can't pick on him. It, like, nope. teams aren't going nope. into this. Mike McCarthy's talking about how they're going to put him on CD Lamb, and it's going to be a problem. They're not right. behind the scenes saying, let's pick on this guy. Like, he, no, no, and I'm no. glad you used that word, problem, because... <laughs> I've been talking about that for like the last year because I think Steve Belichick uses it a lot. There's a few guys that use problem on the other team. Oh, you know, Micah Parsons obviously is a problem this yeah. week or Tyreek Hill is a problem. Uh, well, it's nice to have some other team looking at some player on your team and saying that guy's a problem. And yes. that's why you drafted him. That's why, quite frankly, a lot of us thought you couldn't get him because we thought he was going to go in the top five to eight picks in the draft. He didn't. Right. Who cares? You got him at 17. That's even better. You moved around. Um, I will say Emmanuel Forbes playing well for the commanders, too, yeah. is interesting. Like a couple interesting corners coming out of this draft. Maybe there are, there are multiple shutdown corners. Whatever. Don't care. You have Gonzalez. He's good. And, 
yeah, until proven otherwise, until I see a rookie wall or a rookie slump or, you know, the scouting reports out and the second time through, like he's a pitcher through the order, whatever, until I see reason to worry, I'm the opposite. I think he'll do his job. Now the other 10, you better do yours. And that's where I am with him. Yeah. And I think too, with that, like, and to your point where it being in, in the matchups column and someone, something we're looking at, I think with Garrett Wilson and with CeeDee Lamb is the reason that I'm looking at it. But like next week against New Orleans with like a Chris Olave and a Michael Thomas, I don't really care about that. I trust him against those guys. I'm just interested to see him against another top flight receiver in Lamb, which is again, why it's sort of at top of mind, but you're right. I mean, if he keeps proving, proving it wrong, we don't have to analyze it anymore. It's just like, see ya, you're our guy. Go take him out. Absolutely. Okay. So Let's get to Cadillac's Crucial Clash, number two Patriots at Cowboys. The best player in the football game, Micah Parsons, up against this New England Patriots offensive line that uh, played well last week, sort of found their groove. Trent Brown actually looked good. Um, They started Vidarian Lowe on the other side for Calvin Anderson. Uh, No sacks for Mack, 157 rushing yards on the ground. Um, they looked like, again, they sort of found their groove, but Micah Parsons is going to be a different beast. Um, I wonder how K- uh, Dan Quinn, Dallas's defensive coordinator, uses them. They like to use them off the edge. They like to use them. Belichick said it sort of in his, his presser yesterday where they use them on the outside, on the inside, to the field, to the boundary. So, like, he's not special to one side. So, I think they're going to put him up against Vidarian Lowe as much as they physically can and as much as, you know, the – what New England is doing offensively allows them to. Um, I don't want to say I fully trust Trent Brown against him, but I think um, it's less of a worry if he's rushing off Trent's side versus if he's rushing off Lowe's side. Um, I'd say it's good that it's Mac's front side and not his backside. Um, but, I mean, even on the inside, if they rush him inside with Cole Strange, who's banged up, and Michael Wendu is finally healthy, but... Um, if Strange has to come out again and Antonio Mafi's on the inside and they start to rush him on stunts inside against Mafi, like that's a loss and you're going to be worried about Mac Jones again. So they got to do everything in their power. That's their problem this week is Micah Parsons against this offensive line that, yes, you showed some promise against the Jets, but again, Micah is defensive player of the year worthy, a different beast. So uh, you got to do everything in your power to stop him from getting after Mac Jones. Yeah, as, as Max said, uh, best player we've played this year. Right. Um, people are talking about him not as a top five defensive player, but just a top five player in the National Football League uh, right now. They move him around. My guess is if if Cole Strange is on the field, I would not be surprised to see them try to get some matchups with Cole Strange, see how right. he handles that. Um, I do think the size and length of Trent Brown at least makes that a battle with, yeah. with him and Micah Parsons. Verdarian Low, a motivated Trent Brown as well. Like absolutely Brown, right. He bounces back from that bad concussion and gets out there and has his new uh contract and looks like right. a different man. So hopefully that continues. Yep. Um Verdarian Low to fill in for Brown with the concussion one week, 100 percent of the snaps. Then the next week, take over for Anderson on the right side. I think he, he was good. I think the yeah. tackles have been solid. Certainly the last week, the tackles were solid against the Jets. Um, I thought even out they ran to the outside some, especially with Zeke at yep. times. So um, I'm interested to see the evolution of Lowe because I feel like I still don't know a ton about him. Like you're kind of watching his first snaps here in New England over the last couple of weeks. Right. Um, so that's a matchup because it's one of those things where you feel, oh, he's solidified right tackle till he gives up three sacks to Micah Parsons that changes right, right. the game or something. 
Um, but I'm actually a little probably more concerned with Parsons on the inside yeah. and what they do with matchups and games and things to get him in there. The one thing I would say from a Patriots perspective, and this is you, uh, you know, getting a sneak preview of the written version of Cadlick's clashes online. You didn't include one that I'm going to kind of weave into this discussion here. Sure. Um, the the Cowboys have not stopped the run well. Um, mm-hmm. Last week, Arizona ran all over them. I think they had three guys with 50 yards rushing. Each of those guys had like 40-yard runs. They were chunk runs. Um, it was like 225 yards on the ground. Patriots are coming off their best rushing performance, although I'd still like to see them get Ramondre going a little bit more. Even he yep. said he'd like to get back to being Ramondre and making people miss and breaking tackles. Um, so I think one of the ways you can deal with a guy like Micah Parsons, who's an aggressive athlete, yeah. who's a little undersized, is run at him. And if you can get the run game going, I think that will help to at least kind of stagnate Micah Parsons. So yeah, I he won't have to, he won't be pinning his ears back. Like right. it's not just rush every time, 50 attempts like they've done. Right. right. And and if he's let's say on the <laughs> defensive right side and Trent Brown isn't catching him but running him over or trying to. I think not only does that in that singular play happen, but it wears him down because he is an undersized guy and he can be kind of beat up on a little bit, although he makes it tough in every area of the game. I'm right. not saying he's not a great player um, in all facets, but I, I would like to see them or at least there's an opportunity for them because I think the Cowboys are now like 27th in run defense, something like mm-hmm. that down by the bottom of the league. Um, I'd like to see them get Ramondre going, get the running game going and maybe take it to that defensive front in the run game. Maybe that softens things up, helps the line right. and pass protection, gets the passing game going. And Zeke, Zeke undermined it a little bit when we spoke to him yesterday. Just it's another game, and I don't oh, yeah. care. But oh, he's motivated. He yeah. wants to go and shove it in. in he Dallas. wants to be doing this on the big screen, in right? For the other right. Team. Absolutely. In his new uniform. So I think they're going to try and get him in the end zone if they get down there too. So, yep. Uh, so yes, you got to deal. You got to find a way with. You're not going to like. I guess deal with or stop Micah Parsons. You just got to make sure he's not making game changing plays. Cause I think, I actually think his greatest strength isn't skill, isn't speed, quickness. I think the guy is relentless. I think he is yeah. one of those, it's one of those, usually you say a high motor guy, and that's kind of a, oh, he's a good player kind of guy, and he gets right. the most because he's, no, no, this is an he elite works really player. hard. Yeah. Who, right. This is an elite player who has a high motor, and that's when you get some of these truly greats. And I think that's what he is. So just, Get him running around in different directions and don't let him be hitting Mac all that often. So right. now we get to number three on Mike Cadlick's WEI.com. Cadlick's crucial ca- clashes. I, I want to say catches. It's all, I always want to say catches. We should do an offensive version post-game, the three most crucial catches in the game. I like that. I don't think there would be any with uh, this matchup that I'm going to talk about now. I dubbed it uh, the matchup of mediocre, but I think it can also be – a um a turning point in the game and it's the Patriots wide receivers against this banged up Cowboys secondary yep um because Trayvon Diggs is out that sort of uh thrusts Stefan Gilmore into the number one corner role which he's been good I mean he's still a solid cornerback in the league um they talked about it everyone's sort of spoken on how good of a player Steph is Max said he used to help him here yada 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 I don't think he's the 2019 defensive player of the year, Stefan Gilmore, that we saw in uh, Foxborough four or five, three or four years ago, whenever it was, but still solid. But I think with, um, you know, Duran Bland is playing on the outside now, and I think uh, Jordan Lewis is their slot. So it's like, I mean, these guys aren't great, and these are guys who you should sort of be able to get a handle on this this secondary, but 
the guys you're using to match up against them aren't really all that great either. So I think if you look at the ceilings of a Juju Smith-Schuster and a Kendrick Bourne and a Hunter Henry and a Mike Kosicki, you should win this matchup all day. But we haven't really seen that through three weeks. And this uh, Dan Orlovsky spoke about it on Jones and Mego, how the passing game is in in like complete, uh, like they're on time and, you know, things are working out well, but they're really not. Juju and Maka have some miscommunications. Um, Kendrick Bourne putting out one hand for a deep ball. Like there's these little things that they keep using the word close. And I know they're talking about it behind the scenes. O'Brien has got to be saying to them, like close isn't good enough. Close isn't good enough. Like as a rallying cry, maybe they should have put that on their sweatshirts. Um, Anything would be better than what they did put on this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For those of you who don't know, the Patriots yesterday in the locker room uh, debuted some new uh, team gear and it's a Pat Patriot logo on the front and the back says, no one is coming. It's up to us. And I don't really understand it. Um, We actually, um, let's talk about that. What, What do you make of that saying? What do you think it means? I don't know what it means in a, positive light for the team right in a negative light it seems like an admission we're not talented enough so we're just gonna have to figure out an effing way with the guys we have in this room it's like we're not trading for it basically reads to me we're not trading for a number one wide receiver so you guys need to figure it out yeah you know what it tells me we can add to the list of things joe judge sucks at head coach (laughs) offensive coach quarterbacks coach t-shirt motivational yeah don't let him be the t-shirt guy like when you draw up your special teams plays, when you're coaching special teams, you're really good at it. Stick right. to what you know, do it, it leave the other stuff to because I think it's terrible. I, I, if I were Bill Belichick and I saw those, I'd be like, no, we're not wearing those, we're right. not passing those out, send them back, get, get them changed. No, right. I hate it. I really yeah. hate it. Yeah, it's odd. Um, but anyway, that's the uh, that's that. And uh, yeah, again, they don't have anybody coming. So it's Juju and it's Kendrick Bourne and it's these guys. I think they can win the matchup if they're at their ceiling, but they need to finally hit that stride this week. Okay. I'm going to ask a pretend I'm doing like first take or one of those national shows. Oh boy. Here we go. Um, yep. So three, three weeks of action in the books, the most disappointing players in the national football league. If I'm putting a list of like top five or 10 of those, Sure. Certainly guys like Justin Fields is on there, whatever. I don't know. You want to put J.C. Jackson because he's an 8 Joe Burrow, even Joe with Burrow. the injury. Yeah. yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster's on the list. He's been terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I, I, I mean, he, he averages 6.6 yards per catch. As a, fel- a former fullback, that's only good if you are a fullback. Otherwise, right. 6.6 yards per catch, not good. I think he's like – I looked at the numbers for the blog item I did the other day. I want to say he's 130th in the NFL in yards per catch, 130th in yard, like 130. That means, yeah. wait, 32 teams times three receivers per team. Like he's not in the top three. If you took the top three receivers of every freaking football team. Yeah. And I would also argue the eyeball test isn't any better. It's not like it's statistically misleading or something. He's, he's terrible. And and building off of that and also plugging something I also wrote for the website and when they talked about Juju and Mac and uh, Troy Brown and Bill O'Brien all spoke about how, yeah, we're close with Juju and we're getting there. We just got to build at it. It's like, okay, but you had Jacoby Myers in the building. You yeah. already had this rapport with Mac Jones and was on the same page. And I was, I was wrong on this. Like, I'll admit it because I was a guy who was all over Juju over Jacoby higher ceiling, better player through three weeks. Jacoby is 
a much better player than Juju Smith-Schuster. And he had that rapport with Mac Jones. Looking at the numbers, um, per game averages, and this is because uh, Jacoby has played two games, uh, Juju's played three. Myers, per game, 11 targets, eight catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Juju, 5.33 targets, 3.33 catches, 22 yards. Yeah, and I would say Myers' numbers are even a little escalated from what they were in New England, but that's what he was. He rolled right. out of bed. You threw him the ball 10-ish times. He caught it 7-ish times for 80-ish yards. Now, he didn't get in the end zone probably as much as you'd like. But I I hated the Juju move at the time because I didn't think you were adding a number one. And I think this team needed to add a number one. Forget right. the Almost forget the Myers part. And even if Myers were still here, as somebody said to me on Twitter, you'd still be looking for a number one probably. Yeah. Right, right, but right. But you'd right. be better. You would be better. Yeah. You, Myers would be better. You'd you'd have a better group of receivers. And I know Juju sort of said the right things in the locker room about happy with his role and blah, blah, right. blah, loving it. We're getting close things. I just, I don't have much hope that this is like, oh, a guy getting acclimated and there's going to be like some breakout game and then he'll hit his stride and be catching eight balls a game for a hundred right. yards. Like, I think you're going down the road of this is going to be another just disappointing Jonu Smith, Nelson Aguilar, right. whatever type contract where you're paying a guy pretty good money to not give pretty good return on investment. Right. So, yeah. We need to see something. You need to see it. And you need to see it now because again, this wasn't a this wasn't a developmental signing. This wasn't no. some this wasn't a draft pick. Like no. this is come in, we give you money, you produce for us, and we haven't seen it yet. So it has right. to be, it has to turn soon. Really um, and, and I agree with the the matchup to some degree because you know there were some comments reading them out of Dallas that <laughs> they did not adjust well in first game post digs, kind of right. figuring out how their secondary and their defense was going to work. We'll see if the Pagers can take advantage of that. I don't know. I you know I wrote a column about spark. I think this offense needs a spark. I'm just not real sure where it's going to come from. Um, right. I still hold out hope on the guys that I thought would be the sparks coming in, and that's Bourne and Stevenson. Get get Stevenson going. That should open some things up. And then Bourne do more. I also – I feel like I haven't seen as much of the Bourne, um, Debo Samuel Jr. stuff that we saw at, for a while in the summer with the motions and the ins and the outs and the right. getting the ball in those types of ways. So maybe that's coming, and maybe that can be a spark. Um, yep. And some of that's on Bill O'Brien and scheming that up and how he decides to do things. but. They certainly need a spark. Um, they need a quick spark. We talked about it with Parsons. You're not going to have all day to just stand back there and right. figure out what the hell's going on. Um, so there is there's a challenge there, and they need to score points, as yeah. Bill Belichick would say. Like, yeah, 15 points not going to win a lot of games. There's something, yeah. The one thing he's been real honest about is like, look, we need to score, and you yeah. need to score to to win football games. And and I did think it was interesting that he also was honest about we need to hit some big plays. We need to throw the ball right. down the field and actually hit some of them. You don't hear him say those types of sort of specific things that often and it'll be interesting to see if and when they can get that part of their their passing game going down the field um i wanted to blend in another one here that i think is critical from a positive patriots uh perspective and that is the patriots defensive front which yes is undergoing some of its own injuries and changes right now but i still think is one of your best deepest parts of the team Yep. Going against the Cowboys offensive line, which I'm not sure what form it's going to take, whether they're going to be down one starter, two starters. Right. They were down three starters last week. Um, and that's a good line when it's healthy. It's a not-so-good line when it's not healthy, like most areas of most football right. teams. Um, 
But Matthew Judon and company, I think if you're going to pull off this upset, we're going to have to be talking about those guys up front on defense, winning the battle, getting to Dak, maybe forcing a Dak pick, forcing a Dak fumble, a mistake there. Right. Because I think if, if Dak has time and if they run the ball that the way they've been running and they have been running it well, it's, they haven't really missed Zeke. I think they ran for like a buck 87 last week against the Cardinals with Pollard and company. Um, but I think the defensive front is going to need to win that battle in the trenches. Um, and again, we've talked about it all year. When you win, I think most games, the defensive front is going to have to be one of your strengths because it should be the strength of your team with Judon and Uche and Barmore and Guy and all these guys. So um, whatever the Cowboys offensive line looks like, I think the Patriots need to win that battle. And I would say the front is, I mean, you talk about the reason you win. That's the reason they won last week is because they gave Zach Wilson fits and they weren't able yep. to, you know, score points. And at the end of the game, it's true with uh, with the safety on, on Zach Wilson. That didn't end up winning the game, but it was a game-winning type of play. Right. Um, give the ball back to your offense in a four-minute drill situation, up five instead of three, and you don't need a field goal and get all that stuff. So, like, you're, you're 100%, 100% I'm with you. Side story. They'll yeah. For yeah. Like the but, uh, time in the first three games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, I'm with you. Defensive front needs to get after Dak for sure. Okay, so we got all the uh, crucial clashes from this game. We have the Good talk job. of the spot. We have, you know, some focus on Mac. Is he dirty? Does that affect the way he thinks and goes about his business? Um, which I do think the simple answer for Mac is win. For me personally, right. make plays and win. I think all the talk goes away because I think sure. I, I've said this. I've joked this all week because people are like, oh, he's a baby. He's a sore loser. He's this. Yeah, so is Bill Belichick, so is Tom Brady. You know why they didn't get in trouble for it? Because they rarely lost. If you win, right. this stuff doesn't come up. Um, but I also, th I joked with Fitzy over on the, the regular Six Rings podcast that Mac is almost damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. When he grabs a guy, hits a guy, is physical, doesn't play the whistle, well, he's dirty. And when he whiffs on Darius Slay or Chandler Jones or one like, Oh, what's wrong with Mac? He can't make the tackle. Nice effort right. on the tackle. So it's like when I don't make an effort, I'm lazy. I'm not a, a competitor. When I'm competing through the whistle, well, I'm dirty, like I'm a dink. Right. That's why you almost have to not worry about what people say. Do whatever yep. the hell you want. But in the end, make sure you do it in victory. So right. that's my little soapbox on Mac. Let's get down to uh, Mike Cadlick's prediction for the game. What do you expect? How does it play out? And And do the Patriots get to 500? I'll start with that. Uh, I don't think they get to 500. Oh, I think I, I know the positive guy at this website. What the hell's hey, wrong look, with you? I, I said it before. Like I, I look at the way that Dallas played against, uh, against Arizona. And I just think that this is a bounce back spot for them, that they're not going to play down there to their opponent two weeks in a row. Um, the Cowboys are a good football team. They showed it the two weeks prior. Um, I know Trayvon Diggs is out. So I think this is going to be a, higher scoring game. Um, I really think he's a linchpin of their defense. Um, I think you're going to see the Patriots finish a few more drives here indoors, no climate. They've been, they've been using the climate as an excuse way too much for a team that plays home games in new England. Um, but that's beside the point right now because they're going to Dallas. So I think they go in and score some points, but at the end of the day, I just think Dallas is a better football team. Uh, my final score is 24, 23. Dallas. Oh, a very tight one. Oh. Um, I think Dallas, I think the Patriots cover it's a seven point spread. I think that's too much. Patriots keep it close, but I think Dallas wins a tight one in the end. 
Moral Victory Monday has returned to New England. Yeah. We talk about hanging with the Cowboys. They're a right. Super Bowl contender, and we're close. We're almost there. That'll and be fun. And we're one in three. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so that's going to do it on Six Rings and Football Things, the Cadillac's Crucial Clashes edition. He is Mike Cadillac. He used to be the positive one at WEEI.com. Now he's predicting losses. What are we doing to the poor I young lad? It. We have corrupted his mind. My uh, poor I'm brain. Andy <laughs> I'm Andy Jumbo Hart. He is Mike Cadillac. Uh, Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by FanDuel. Mo- make every moment more. And we'll be back with more on the Six Rings feed with the Fitzy and Hart preview of the game. Maybe I'll have to lean on my guy Fitzy for some positivity and a Patriots victory. Until then, until next week, thank you for listening. Download the Odyssey app, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, send us questions if you want. We're always looking to interact with fans. He's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I don't know. What's your Twitter? What's your Twitter handle? At Mike Cadlick. Nice and easy. Tough tweet at at Mike Cadlick. I'm at Jumbo Hart, uh, he, the guy who's not here, who's never here, the lazy guy at Fitzy GFY. We'd love to interact with you. If you hate us, tell us. If you love us, well, tell us louder because that'll feel better for us. Yeah. But either way, we'll, ret- we'll retweet you. That's right. Six rings in football things. Keep listening. Keep supporting your Patriots. And as Fitzy would say, go Pats. Go Pats.